Now, y'all wants us to study the book of Joshua from the individual perspective of Joshua being the son of Nun. That is, the son of Resprouted, a born-again man in whom the Ruach HaKodesh resides. Collectively, we're speaking of those who have who has went through their wilderness experience and have endured its tests and trials by holding on to Elohim. They have borne the whoredom of their parents and forefathers, yet they have their old man, that is their flesh man, and his lust broken down, humbled, and deadened. As a result, they are no longer fleshly or worldly, but are now reborn spiritually via the water of the word and Ruach HaKodesh. Within the book of Joshua, we can expect to learn the plan of Elohim concerning the body of Yahushua, um, that is his ecclesia, and those born-again believers that make up spiritual Israel. We'll learn how they're to enter into the kingdom of Elohim, what to expect on sin, as well as how to perceive on sin. Another perspective we'll be exploring is that of the land and the inhabitants of the land, how the land of Canaan speaks to the kingdom of Elohim which, uh, within each and every one of us, and how its inhabitants relate to the remnants of the fallen angels, devils, demons, and other unclean spirits which currently inhabit the land inherited by the born-again believer. You know, so... We are continuing on through this book of Joshua, and today we're to be in chapter 12. You know, um, Joshua 12. Um, let me have my first uh, reader read Joshua 12, verses 1 and 2, please. Now these are the kings of the land which the children of Israel smote and possessed their land on the other side of Jordan toward the rising of the sun from the river Arnon unto Mount Hermon and all the plains on the east. Sihon the king of the Amorites who dwelt in Heshbon and ruled from Arwer which is upon the bank of the river Arnon and from the middle of the river and from half Gilead, even unto the river Yabok, which is the border of the children of Ammon. Hallelujah. There's a lot of names up in here. We're going to um, define them. So uh, Arnon speaks to that which is noisy or rejoicing or uh, shall shout for joy. Ammon speaks to a sanctuary, Sihon, warrior, uh, uh, one that's sweeps or scrape away, uh, rooting out the Amorites, the Sayers, Heshbon, intelligence, reasoning, um, to plan with cleverness, uh, a rare uh, juniper or nudity of situation, ruins, the bank, uh, Safav, number 8193, meaning the scrape or shade through the idea of termination. Uh, I can also speak to the lip or language. Uh, a rare speaks to the nudity of the situation or ruins. Um, did that one already, didn't we? Uh, River Arnon, uh, rushing stream, noisy, uh, shout for joy, rejoicing. Gilead, heap of, witness, te heap of testimony or a witness. Uh, a book to pour out, emptying, evacuation, dissipation. Ammon, uh, family or tribal. Now, moving on. Sorry to interrupt our regularly scheduled programming, but we seem to have some breaking news taking place. 
So, look like we're going to talk about some breaking news today. You know, so, uh, let's see, what can it be? Oh, an opportunity is calling. All right, so, an opportunity is calling. You know, um, it's time to reiterate our mission because an opportunity is calling for us to take a step forward in it. You know, our mission here at BYA is to become the gateway. You know, that's our mission. Our mission is to become a gateway. A gateway that leads into the kingdom of heaven. You know, that is the mission here at BYA, to become a gateway to lead folks into the kingdom of heaven. Now, our vision concerning how we're going to accomplish our mission is that of scriptural community. You know, so Yah is giving me a vision for BYA, and that vision encumbers and includes and encumbers a scriptural community. Emphasis on scriptural community. Now, the community of believers, they're cool, they're nice, but a scriptural community is not necessarily the same as a community of believers. I know they may sound synonymous, but I assure you, they are not. For the com community of believers, like unto the authors of the living Bible, they believe that the, the word is living, that the Bible, the words of the Bible is living, you know, and it is in our actuality, you know, and they're celebrating over 40, 40 million lives touched, you know, um, but the community of believers, you know, their lives have been touched by the word and they go on living life based upon how it touched them and what they believe concerning the living Bible or the living word. It's a little bit different than what Yah showed me concerning a scriptural community. You know, whereas they've touched 40 million lives, our goal here at BYA is transformation through scripture. And if we can just bring 40 lives or even four lives through transformation through scripture, then I would deem us successful because that is the goal of our scriptural community, even to bring about transformation in people's lives via scripture. You know, and this encumbers living 
by the word. So we're talking about we want to live by the word, even as James 1, 22 and 23 teaches us not to be hearers only, but doers of the word. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people believe a lot, not a lot of people do. You know, and you have a lot of, a lot of folks, you know, that believe some parts of the word and don't believe other parts. You know, but this is not the type of community that Yah gave me in the vision. The type of community that he gave me in his vision was a type of community that live by scripture. First, foremost, in the beginning and in the end. By every word. From the beginning all the way to the end and any other word of Elohim that uh, that has been given. See, a scriptural community live in accordance to scripture, period. You know, the community of believers live accordance, according to what they believe. And beliefs change all the time. But scripture never changes. It'll be the same today, same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You know, and so this is what we want to do. We want to live by scripture. So the focal point, the focal point of our scriptural community is to be the discipleship training. You know, that's the focal point of the scriptural community that y'all gave me a vision of. It is to be discipleship training. You know, for y'all told us to go and make disciples of all nations. You know, and it's very important that we have true disciples. Because if we don't have true disciples, then we're not going to be able to manifest a true ecclesia. Um, how many of you know and understand that Yah's ecclesia or his church, if you would, was made up of his disciples? This was his governmental structure upon the earth for his body of believers. It was made up of his disciples. And he told his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. To perpetuate this governmental structure upon the earth. But if there is no true disciples, then you can't make a true ecclesia or governmental structure of Elohim upon the earth. See, that's why discipleship is so important. You know, because you can't have disciple, you can't have an ecclesia without disciples. And it's the ecclesia who holds the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So, the focal point of BYA's ministry is scriptural community, and the focal point of that scriptural community is discipleship training school.
is to open a discipleship training school whereby folks can come and be discipled. They can be discipled scripturally. You know, there's a lot of discipleship schools and training centers out and about. But I don't see any that aligns with the vision that Yah has given me. One that aligns totally with scripture. One whereby the learning is done by doing. You know, that's a very important aspect of discipleship. Is how you learn. You know, the best way is uh, for discipleship is learning by doing. See, this is how Yahshua discipled his disciples. He simply did the word in their presence. And so they learned how to do the word by watching him live the word. And that's how disciples were made in times past. Now, they're doing something everything today, but it don't look like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Went the wrong way. We learn by example and by direct experience because there are real limits to the adequacy of verbal instruction. You know, you give verbal instruction, some people hear one way, some people hear another way. Some people understand um, one aspect but not the other. Some people understand one capacity and, and not another capacity, but when you see the example played out in front of you, there can be no mistaken as to what was being taught. When you see someone actually living and you see how they interact in different situations and circumstances that arise in their life, then you get a better understanding of how you're to act when similar situations and circumstances arise in your life. And this is not something that can always be communicated verbally. And at least not on a, a wide scale because of people's different levels of comprehension. But everybody can see how it looks. You know, see, the true disciples... They're going to do as Yahshua said, and they're going to deny themselves. They're going to pick up their torture stakes, and they're going to follow Yahshua. Now, I want you to think back to when you first read about Yahshua picking up his torture stake or his cross. If you recall properly, you'll, you'll have to come to the conclusion that he wasn't going to have a party. He wasn't going to turn up. He was going to be pent up. You know, he picked up his torture stake that he might be sacrificed upon it. See, and he says whoever wants to be his disciple must deny themselves as well. It must take up their crosses as well. It must follow him even as he did when he picked up his cross. You know, there's a fallacy that's being taught in many churches today. You know, there's this watered-down gospel, this 
this sugar and spice and everything nice type type gospel that um that goes forth and I'm just here to tell you that's not what scripture teaches. Scripture teaches about denying yourself. Denying yourself of what? Of whatever it takes. Of whatever it takes. Yahshua would say this saying that um that always stuck with me. He said, those who seek to save their lives shall lose them, and those who lose them for his name's sake shall save them. See, that always stuck with me because, you know, it teaches the principle that's behind this commandment right here. And yes, this is a commandment. You know, if you want to save your life, you have to be willing to sacrifice it. And if you sacrifice it for his name's sake, you'll actually save it. Now take note, I said if you sacrifice this for his name's sake, not your own sake. Not for the sake of your kids. Not for the sake of your parents. But if you sacrifice it, sacrifice it for his name's sake, then you'll save it. And what's in a name? Character, authority, and reputation. So if you sacrifice it for his character, authority, and reputation, that is to have the same character as he had, to operate in his authority and his reputation, then you, you'll save your life. But you've got to be willing to give it up. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Elohim, that ye present your, your bodies a living sacrifice. See, the true disciples of Yahshua are willing to present their bodies as living sacrifices to show all would-be disciples what is holy and acceptable unto Elohim. And scripture says that this is just your reasonable service. Yahshua taught, when you've done everything that you're supposed to do, say that I am an unprofitable servant. Yeah, that one, that one got me at first, too. Like, what do you mean? I did everything I'm supposed to do. You know, wouldn't that make me a good servant? No. He said, acknowledge that you're an unprofitable servant. See, because if you only do what you're supposed to do, there's no profit in it for him. You know, to illustrate this, imagine if you go to work and you do your job. You do your job and you do your job well. You're not profiting the company anything. They're paying you to do a job and you're doing that job. You're unprofitable. You're even. You're getting paid for what you've done. Now, if you go to work an hour early every day and you work an hour early or you stay an hour later or you go to work an hour early and stay an hour later, now you're being profitable to that company. 
because they're not on the hook to pay you for those extra two hours or that extra hour. So they're being profited by you for an hour or two, depending on which one you're doing. Can you see that? You know, this is how you become profitable. See, and this is this is what Yah is trying to illustrate. He's saying, if you just do what I tell you, you're still an unprofitable servant. You know, but if you do over and beyond what I tell you, now you're becoming profitable to me. So if you want to be profitable to him, you have to do over and beyond what he asks. You know, but a lot of people don't even want to do what he asked. See, and this is why we need scriptural community so that, for, for one, they can see what it looks like. And they can see that it actually can be done. They can see that it's not something that's impossible. And they can see what it takes. And then they can begin to follow school. They can also see the grace, the mercy, the benevolence that comes upon one's life who does so. Verse 2 of Romans 12 says, And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're just going to stop right there for a minute. And be ye not conformed to this world. We can stop right there, actually, because so many people that profess Yah want to be great in the world. So many people that say they're living for Yah is really living for the world. See, this is why there need to be some discipleship training going on. This is why it need to be a scriptural community so that they can see what it looks like to be not conformed to this world. Because everybody is living for the world. Most of the would-be believers are living for the world. They get up and they go to school and they in school for what, eight hours? give or take, so that they can learn how to be productive in the world. Or they go to work for 8 to 10 hours so that they can earn a living, so that they can be productive in the world. But who's trying to be productive in the kingdom of heaven? Who's trying to get past the world? Who's trying to be pleasing in Yah's sight? Who's trying to put a smile on his face? Who's trying to get a raise from him? We're not to be conformed to this world. You know, by all the saints, they want Jordans. You know, they want, they want whatever the latest trend is. You know, they want to talk about all the reality shows. The biggest reality, reality show 
is your life. <laughs> That's the reality show. And you're going to see just how much of a reality show it is when you get before the judge. See, he says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to undo what they did in the schools. See, when you go to school, they school you. How many of you know that the original definition of, of being schooled or school, schooling spoke to being at leisure? Oh, absolutely. The original definition of school was to be at leisure. You know, to be away from, from business. You know, see, they don't want you to really take care of business. Not for y'all. They want you to be at leisure. You know, they don't choose words by happenstance. Trust and believe. Words are some of the most important things in your lives. Amen. And most of you don't understand even the most common of statements that you make. You know, but we have to get to where we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this is what the discipleship training is to do. It is... To show what it looks like to pick up your torture stake and follow him. It is to show what it looks like not to be conformed to this world. It's to show what it looks like to have your mind transformed. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That he may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Elohim. So when you have onlookers, they can see the example as well. And the more examples that we put forth, the more on onlookers will see and the more that would-be saints will have an opportunity to follow behind us. We'll become the light of the world. And people can follow the light. You know, we'll be able to Go and take, it doesn't um, take anyone. I don't care if they just stressed out about life, they want to give up, you know, if they're a crackhead, a dope fiend, you know, um, or what kind of addiction they have. We'll be able to go and take anyone. We'll be able to preach the gospel to them and we'll be able to actually show them what it looks like. Give them an opportunity to actually live for Yah. You know, now, this is a Yahsome thing because overall, it will cause an expansion of the mind for the ecclesia. See, and the ecclesia is, as mentioned earlier, it is actually the governmental structure of Elohim upon the earth. And it's non-existing today. It's, it's non-existing. You know, I don't know who, who who this guy is, but he got it right. You know, it's about the ecclesia. 
But if we don't have true disciples, we will never have a true ecclesia. You know, so we need some true disciples. We don't need a bunch of them to start off with. All we need is two or three. See, I know everybody just grab hold to that verse which, that says, you know, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. That's not to everybody. That's not to everybody. That's not, he wasn't speaking to everyone. He was speaking to his ecclesia. And his ecclesia was made up of his disciples. That wasn't a statement for the general believer. That was a statement for his ecclesia. Those in which he had given the, king, the keys to the kingdom of Elohim. Wherever two or three of his disciples are, or two or three of his apostles are, he is in the midst. See, this is why you don't see the authority of the ecclesia in the world today. There's no authoritative body that rules over the body of Messiah. But there was in Scripture. There was in Scripture when Yahshua passed, he left some in charge. He left his ecclesia in charge, which was made up of his disciples. So if we're going to do as he did, then we're going to have to disciple some folks and make an ecclesia. And that's all a part of the vision that he has given me. You know, so those finding scriptural ecclesia fellowship will find where true disciples have come, have come together to make up the structure, Yah's structure upon the earth. And that's what it's about. You know, and to teach the rest of Yah's people what it looks like, you know, for anyone else who want to come into the fold. And that's supposed to be perpetuated. You know, they kept the body of believers, but they got rid of the ecclesia, which was the most important part. That's like the disciples, you know, trying to learn without Yahshua. It just don't work. Revelation 18.4 says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. See, the real disciples, this is what they'll learn. You know, they'll, this is what they'll learn during discipleship training. They'll learn to come out of her. They'll learn to come out of religion and come into scripture. They'll learn to travel this straight and narrow way that has Yah's torture stake across front and center. They'll learn how to mold them a piece of land over here build them a house and set up shop because this is where they live. They live in scripture. 
every which way they look, all they see is scripture. Well, why you do that? Because it said it said this right here. Well, why you do that other thing? Because it said this over here. See, that's what it's about, having a scriptural reason for everything you say and do. Now, if Yah allows this vision to come to pass, you know, our vision may look like this one day. <laughs> you know, don't laugh at humble beginnings. You know, because, you know, this this can turn into this um, one day. Amen? And, and, and this can turn into this. Yahshua started out with 12 disciples and lost one of them. Well, he ain't losing, but, you know, one, one decided to quit. But he started out with 12 and revolutionized the planet. So don't tell me what humble beginnings can't do. Humble beginnings can do a whole lot. But the thing is, you have to have a beginning. That's the whole thing. Because you can't do anything without a start. You can't do anything without a beginning. Yah's word says in Psalms 133, one it says, How good and pleasant. It is when Elohim's people live together in unity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, but we don't want to just be saying hallelujah and praise y'all because we read this. We want to be able to say it because we live this. So, as I mentioned previously, opportunity is calling. For those of you all who've been around here for a minute, you know that we've been praying for phase two of, uh, of our BYA vision, which includes getting some land and trying to manifest these things that I've been talking about today. Well, opportunity is calling. <laughs> yeah, the opportunity is approved. You know, we found a piece of land that we want to try to get. Yeah. This is actually the sanctuary. Humble beginnings. You know, but that's the sanctuary. This is the dining hall. Dining hall, side view. This is inside the dining hall. This is the kitchen area. As you, as you can see, it needs a lot of TLC. 
But TLC is free. Yeah. The property isn't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, also in the kitchen area. Has a serving area. And has plenty of room for everyone to sit and, and eat. This is actually um, one of the dormitories. This is the large one. And there's, uh, I believe it's like either 26 or 28 um, rooms in here. This is a smaller dormitory. And I believe it's like like 14 um, rooms, rooms in, in, in this one. A room for like 14 beds or what happened. It even has a pavilion, you know, so when we have our outings, you know, we don't have to go to the park and rent theirs anymore. Don't have to worry about you know, spending any money on uh, Shabbat, trying to pay in advance and jumping through all them hoops. You know, I used to hear a lot when I was growing up, y'all bless the child who has their own. I never actually read that in scripture nowhere, but I used to hear it a lot growing up and it sounded real good. So I'm still, I'm still using it. Even has a play area for the kids. That needs some TLC too. You know, but you can see see the little tube slide over here, and you know, for the larger kids, has a basketball court. This for the big people basketball court. And a little people basketball court. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Exodus 25 2, when they was um, building Yah's sanctuary, Yah told Moshe what to do. And I figured that was a pretty good example to follow. He said, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. He shall take my offering. Y'all didn't want any offerings that was given begrudgingly. He didn't want any offerings that the offerer did not want to give. He wanted whatever they were willing to do. Whatever they were willing to give. You know, and it says that before it was over, Moshe had to tell them to stop giving. Because they had more than enough. You know, his word says... You have not because you ask not. 
Now, any of y'all who really know me know I'm not very big on asking. But I'm being obedient, and I'm doing what y'all told me to do. So I'm speaking to the children of Israel, and if he stir your heart to bring something or to offer something, please do, because it's a really nice property, but we can't afford it. Okay. Not totally. But yeah. Because we don't believe in, you know, here at BYA, we try to have scriptural reasoning for everything we say and do, so we don't believe in credit. Right. You know, so if we get it, it's going to be because we buy it outright. Mm -hmm. We've been saving for many years, you know, that we might be able to do just that, you know, but we're a small assembly. You know, we're a very small assembly and we're a poor assembly, <laughs> you know, so, you know, things come in slow. But yeah, you know, now, we're just a little short, like about 90,000. But yeah. Yeah, I was able. Yes, he is. The plan that he's given me is to put the request out there and let the people know. And if anyone want to want to give, if they want to give specifically for um, getting the land, and we're not able to get it, they can have that money back. You know, but we want to try to get it. You know, and. If you want to help, if y'all put on your heart to help, you know, you can give a free will offering. And you can um, come to service. Just put it in the box or hand it to, um, to, to myself or another Ecclesia member. You can send a check or money order. Payable to Bay Yeshua Assembly, P.O. Box 1700, Rollo, Michigan, 48068. Or you can just take your phone and hit the QR code. You know, and you can send it straight to PayPal. You know, y'all willing, you know, we'll be able to get it. Uh, I think it, it checks a lot of boxes for what we're trying to do. Pretty much all of them except for one. And that is the distance is a little further than what we 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 were originally were um were going for. You know, we was trying to keep it within an hour to an hour and a half. It's actually two hours. So it is a two hour drive. But that's why they make cars. We not on horses these days. Amen. You know, so besides, when they went to when they went to the feast in scripture, they had to travel to get there, did they not? You know, so oh, I almost forgot. Um, like a, another box that was uh, uh, that was checked 
you know, we were looking for something with a minimum of like 12 acres. It surpasses that. Hallelujah. So, kudos on that. So, you know, yeah, this is this is where we are. This is what we're trying to do. If y'all put on your heart to help, if anybody out there in YouTube land or, you know, or wherever, you know, this uh, video may make it to. And if you want to help, you know, y'all put it on your heart. Feel free to reach out. Feel free to do so. And we thank you for your support. All right, that's all I have for you today. Praise and bless. Any questions? Uh, I was just wondering, is there a well on the land already, or is that something that would have to be put in? Just curious. There is a well. Okay. There is plenty of well water. Electricity, solar? I mean, are we, are we going to be doing solar? The goal is to become.